hello intellectuals out there. This is Rob Stone with Bacon with the Bard. <laughs> and when we bake with the Bard, we go deep. We go real deep. We go deep into textual analysis. And that's what I'm going to do today with my friend, Tom Jones. Tom, say what's up. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on uh, Bacon with the Bard. Yeah, so you essentially channeled a Shakespearean text when you did peyote. No, peyote? Peyote's like coyote. No, peyote uh, when you went down to Mexico and you wrote down your bard channelings, right? What did you find? I did. I, I found one of Billy's. I, I call him Billy because I've got an intimate familiarity with him. I found one of his lost pieces while on my journey. Oh, um, was it? So I've always wondered, was it the part of the sonnet? You know, the sonnet, should I compare thee to a summer's day? I've always felt like there was a second part to that. Like, shall I compare thee, you stupid wench, to a winter's day? Was it that one? Yeah, it was It was very close to that. It was actually uh, not, not to over explain this but it was it started with the sonnet i shall compare thee to a winter eve okay let's let's hear some of that sonnet and then flesh it out do do you want me to do the sonnet or do you want my highly trained actors to uh to perform that for you oh man well i guess we should include them on the podcast all right dude yeah actors yeah i could do it but they do it much better so without further ado Here is, I shall compare thee to a winter eve. I shall compare thee to a winter's eve, where upon the night I ask you immediately to leave. It was a short sonnet. It was pretty short, but... Uh, it when you when you got it that good, you don't have to continue on for so many lines. Yeah, and then I heard that this totally inspired a scene, which you then channeled. It did. It it inspired a whole scene, which takes place on the top of a snowy mountaintop in the dead of winter. It's something I've never seen before, even in Winter's Tale. The snow doth continue to come down and. All of the snow doth grow on the ground. I be so cold, and yet my heart warms, for I see good Jezebel coming up with a load of wood to warm the fire, and my heart as well that I hope will not tire. Pray, this wood was stolen. I saw a family not a mile gone down. And I took their wood. So be clear that should they come looking, we are to hide, we are to flee. But for now, sausages. Sausages upon the fire. Oh, they be sweet when we know that the wood be stolen, thereby making the most of the meat. Thou art a frying pan, thou holdest my heat, my heart, my love, and my meat. And thou 
art fat that sizzles, giving true succulence to an existence most base. Gareth, how could thou see so deep within my soul? For you bring me joy, happiness, even whilst covered in a foot of snow. Oh, Jezebel, this snow cannot contain my soul, and the ardor of my passion be such that no icy block would ever keep it from breaking thy beauteous lock. Gareth, oh Gareth, my dearest of Gareth's please. Dost thou hear that rustle? <gasps> Dost thou see the, the feet of someone coming closely, but the snow seems to take their body out from my view? Make haste, scoff thy sausages, and extinguish. I throw the sausages upon my mouth, for I know not any other way to extinguish but by eating, and they be hot, so hot. Ow, 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 ow. Thou swallow flames. Oh, ow, I say, ouch. Gareth, I beg of thee, please, die quietly. (laughs) Jezebel. I will suffer in silence if only you might live, for I fear that whoever comes will of revenge great, for taking the wood was something that only a true hideous person would do when the snow makes everyone cold and blue. So I kind of feel like um, I'm really picking up what Billy was putting down with the whole, like, being super hungry thing. Um, that's a thing that happens when you get really cold. Um, yeah, what do you think? Um, yeah, you're right on, Rob, with that. Because, like, I I felt like I experienced this whole play as I was in the desert. Uh, because I, I actually imagined that this sand that was a foot deep up to my ankle or up to my calf uh, was actually snow. It, it felt cold to me. I, and that's when I learned that snakes actually bury themselves uh, at night so that they can uh, temperature control. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of seeing that that influenced your channeling because as I'm skimming your really sweet notes here, that that snake is the, the revenge that lies uh, on the other side of our heroes. Oh yeah, spoiler alert, Rob, that there is a snake that is unseen below that foot of snow. But first, we meet the family searching for their wood. Papa, my teeth do chitter and chatter and whittle and rattle. And my my skin doll pimple with 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 Bumps of goose. And my bones do brittle with osteoporosis. Good children, why must you constantly complain? I feel inadequate as a parent, for all of your bellies do disdain into such that I would have you 
almost not be my children, but merely walking skeletons waiting for a grave to walk into. Yea, father, thy have been delinquent in thy duties, for our basic needs are met not. And yet I did have wood, and I would have fire, but that said wood is gone, and now our situation be quite dire. If thy wood would have been lit, we'd all be warm and fed. That's what thy mother said, if she said anything about my wood, that if it be lit, that there would be fire, and that then everything would be not low, but higher. Papa, is that why you had us put mummy in our tummy? Yes, my dear, mummy in your tummy was the only way that any of you would still be able to walk to your graves. Otherwise, I would have had to have carried you in a sack, and my bad back would have been badder even still. And because I refused and did not ingest, I now suffer with the rest as my bones do brittle and break, and I grow weak. Dear sister Lillian, that was the smartest decision thou hast made, for thou art the thinnest and boniest of all of us, and therefore the least likely to be eaten. Yes, good Lillian, thou sufferest from diseases only the old normally take, and even of the pirates of scurvy doth thy bones surely break. Sad it be, but at least into heaven you will walk as of human flesh you did not pick on or talk. I shall go out and sacrifice, for there is nothing left to do but die this quiet life. I shall find the wood, or else collapse first. Goodbye, dear sister. Good luck in your quest. And Once you come back, then we'll all finally rest. Good Lillian, please leave a trail so that we might find thy body and eat more entrails. Lillian, farewell, for if you shall bolt, take with you these, both pepper and salt. So it was kind of a dark scene there, Rob, but, but it really highlights just how much pressure people were under then. Man, oh, like... So if you're like tripping balls while this is going on, what uh, what did that feel like emotionally? Did it just ravage you? Uh, it did, but I was I was there not as a participant, but as as an energy spirit around this thing, knowing that this is just a temporary condition and not not something that I was really experiencing those stakes for myself. Oh, okay, cool. Well, like that's what really good drama does, you know, is it makes you like feel what's happening. So. But speaking of stakes, uh, on this episode of Bacon with a Bard, we've got up on our Insta uh, a great dish called Mother's Milk. 
uh, and it's it's steak to represent the the mother that was eaten by the children, and it's it's a glass of milk to represent the the mother. Yeah, uh, drink it warm, kids. Yeah, and make the make the steak however you like it. Just heat it to your preferred temperature. Cool. So since I totally blew it with the spoiler, do you want to carry the next scene so I don't totally blow it again? Yeah, it's it's kind of revealed at the end. Uh, but you'll probably pick it up earlier. But this next monologue uh, is from the snake that is lurking between the young Lillian, the dying uh, Gareth, and Jezebel. Upon my hole in the ground, I hear strange sound like little footfalls of beans weak that would come upon my self and speak to me and my empty stomach. I have babies, many babies that need food. They slither around me in quite the mood. Oh, and yet I sense that food there be walking above me of what type and what shell it shall have, I know not until I take my head and all my head snot and raise it above and sense and do my tongue flick upon this snowy earth. <sighs> smell, I smell, I smell blood and food be near. With each step I take, my toes do more break, not just from frostbite, but from brittle bone inside. I leave a trail of toes, such that perhaps one could find me. I leave a trail of woes, and I do hope no one finds me. I just hope to crumple here instead. I have not the strength to carry Gareth all the way towards a snowy grave, for I shall bury these sausages in his vein. I'll dig and dig, for I have no use for food, and I will just leave it to fall into the earth. Upon this spot, I seem between two extreme tales of woe. I know not which way to go, which victim be more pure, which victim be more fat, and yet which victim be more deserving of death. Please, Father. My sisters and brothers and I are very hungry. Good children, thy feeding time will be soon. I will come with great amount of food. I just need a decision. And the pity upon me is great. But one human now needs to meet its fate. I do worry as I 
hone these sausages into the deepest snow that perhaps should have been me to go. For I have seen so much sadness. I have seen, I have saw, I took the wood from that family. Am I as good as these children? Nay, am I better? Do I deserve this wood and warmth? For I've lost my greatest love for, who am I to share it with? Who am I to bring this home? For at home, there be nothing left. As I grasp and reach out, now that my ankles have given out and my knees caved inward upon the ground, I dig forth with my fingers to find any sort of last safe hold of mine. My decision has been made. There be a scent of guiltiness upon the one with two, for bodies black and blue and cold, there be more than just one. I would be but dumb if I chose not the pair, even if one be cold, the other still have warmth and hair. And truthfully be told, in the other direction, if not bold be one with no toes and flimsy mounts of fat, I choose not that. I say before the land that I shall be a better person. I can learn. I can look greater. I can be a better person. What do I hear? What noises thou find his way into my ear? Good grief, I see two things. I see a broken little girl. I see a great snake. I pick up the girl. I throw her at the snake and I make my way away. For I have been trying to be better, but I am not that good. Wrapped around this skinny thing's neck, I have had a choice made for me. What the heck? Dude, what the heck, bro? I know, right, bro? Oh, oh, I'd cry if I weren't so dehydrated right now. I know, that's a good chance to remind everybody listening to Bacon with the Bar to make sure that you're drinking something while you cook because sometimes I just get distracted in front of my kitchen counter. And it's like a really good time to remind you that mother's milk is super hydrating. Absolutely, Rob. Mother's milk is from a cow, but it's for you now. Oh, Rad, that sounded like Billy, bro. (laughs) Well, this has been real um thanks for sharing your super deep experiences on bacon with the bard uh this is how we we connect to like the man you know yeah it's the lessons as old as time if you ever find yourself threatened just throw somebody weaker at the problem and you'll probably buy some extra time totally well that's so insightful tom jones thank you um i've been rob stone This is Bacon with the Bard, and I hope you have a totally baked week. Peace, bros.